Hey, you, yeah, I'm talking to you. Welcome back to the Talk Shop Podcast. Today's episode is with my great friends, Justin Romano and Frank Puglisi. I was a guest on their podcast, throwback to two years now, on their Young Minds podcast, and at that point, they totally transitioned their lives into something completely different. I love them to death. It's a wonderful podcast. They're big health nuts and they're crazy into life and health and uh, adventure and all these great things. They definitely know what they're talking about. They're very smart guys. And I think everybody's set to learn a lot of information from this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for tuning in and listen till the end. I'm dropping a surprise over there. You are now listening to Talk Shop with Alan Evgi. Okay, so what's up guys? Dude, not much, man. This is like a throwback to back in the, the Young Minds days. I know. Hi, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Young Minds podcast. Oh, God, that makes me sick. What? This is the Talk Shop podcast, by the way. Taking away the Tuesday part, I'll be posting them mostly on Tuesdays, but it's a Talk Shop podcast. I remember my first podcast, the Young Minds podcast. Fuck yeah, baby. There it is. There we go. I gotta get closer. I keep disappearing into the universe. I loved that podcast. Dude, you were, so when you were our guest on our podcast, you were one of the first guests where we had so much positive feedback. It was insane. Right, right, Frank, if I'm remembering correctly? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember much of the feedback, to be honest. A lot of them were shared, and I feel like it was his Instagram following. Those people, like, out of people I didn't even know. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then it would just be mentioned you, mentioned you, mentioned you. And honestly, out of all the podcasts, yeah, that was probably one of the more involved ones you actually were so involved in that podcast that my father was like i gotta talk to that kid and like soon very soon and then now today you know look at what we've built at this point yeah we have a lot of houses together unreal all because of that podcast just because of a two-hour recording seriously people ask me all the time is there what does social media do for you and that's my first example every time our specific podcast that we recorded yes i actually say justin romano himself oh thank you <laughs> so i went on your podcast and then your father listened to it he enjoyed it so much he i guess he liked the business aspect of the whole thing because your dad is super financial finance driven your dad definitely understands numbers concepts everything business models and then we i think it was two days later right it was I don't know when we met up. I think it was a couple of days after, but it was the next morning. He goes, I want to set up a, a meeting with that kid. Like that, I love what he has to say. Yep. And then we, it was sick. And then we sat down together the following day and just talked business. And I was like, if any opportunities come up, then I'll loop you in. And I looped him in on a few, right? We went and toured them together. Yeah, no, that was, it was weird because for my dad would listen to them and just kind of like, we weren't necessarily, you know, talking about anything that he'd be interested in normally. And then we we're like, fuck it, let's just throw Alan on. Let's see what, like, what we could talk about. I didn't know you much at the time. So I didn't even know, I, I didn't know you wrote a book. I didn't know you were into, I thought you were into real estate like people are into real estate. They say that they're into real estate. Like I got my real estate license, which means that now I'm eligible to be a millionaire. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start being a mogul tomorrow. You know, like they talk this big game and then they just kind of, it doesn't materialize. So you yeah. was actually like you were spitting numbers, you were spitting like pure concrete facts to my father, who usually has a very good bullshit filter. Yeah. And 
at no point was he left, you know, concerned with your answer. Everything was always just like spot on, spot on. Your dad's a great guy, dude. He's so funny. I remember he's like, I don't trust anybody and I don't trust you, but hopefully I'll be able to trust you. And he's yeah. like, now I trust you. I'm like, all right, cool. And you were what, 22 or 23 at the time? Yeah. How long ago was that podcast? That was two years ago. Two years ago. Wow. Two years yeah. ago? Very so, uh, moving forward now, like, are you two, you and Frank's dad, are you, do you have property together? Yeah, we're doing deals together all the time. All the time. Like, just closed recently. Last I week? Know. I know you wanted to get involved in some stuff too, did you? I know. I, I mean, I did initially, but then I made a giant shift in my life and needed money for school. So I had invested actually personally a lot of money in and it, it was promising, but I said, you know what, honestly, if you, if this is a long-term investment for me, I mean, he's dealing with my father and you know, if there's something I want to jump into later on, like it's within, it's still within my family. So yeah, that's not fuck it. You know, it's yeah. I, the return on investment for me to go to school was just higher than that. Given what I want to do in my life. Understandable. Totally. Totally. And you know, the reason I wanted you guys on the podcast, because when, when Steve and I sat down and talked about it, we're like, all right, these aren't, this isn't a business podcast with Justin and Frank, right? It's not going to be business conversations, but Justin and Frank are dreamers. Like they left whatever they were doing to pursue something totally different. They didn't look at Justin specifically, didn't look at anything financial, right? He just moved out to Arizona to become a, an astronaut. Um, and Frank got his MBA from Hofstra and totally shifted over into healthcare and becoming a nurse and whatever else you're doing. So I said I want them on the podcast because I, I think it will be a fantastic lesson for people that are scared to take a leap or they just don't know what they want to do and that's totally okay because you guys are constantly transitioning and still in loving life and doing what your best, right? Couldn't agree more. Honestly, I mean, if Justin wants to take the the wheel on this one yeah uh the leap like you said taking the leap the leap this yeah. time i said the wheel but you could take the oh. leap i mean if that's a pun for where you are right now on the moon sure take your this is, this is apollo 17 behind me that's gene cernan that's gene cernan anyways yeah taking the leap dude like you said taking the leap to arizona right now to go to the best possible school for space sciences um it kind of really fucked me hard this time. Are you, yeah. <laughs> are you allowed to curse on your podcast here? You can do whatever you want. Okay. I mean, so, Alon, I've known you. How old were we when we started Vital Performance, that company? 18. 18. So quite some time now. And that was a leap. We were young and threw $30,000 into a clothing company. Um, but it was a comfortable leap, leap even though we failed financially, but learn so much, right? Then we transitioned to drop shipping. That was another leap, but we did really well in that. Um, and like you said, I have leaped a lot, uh, but this one, just because you have to mix in COVID restrictions with this, messed me up pretty bad, but I'm still here and I'm still learning. I'm still moving forward. And I've completed one NASA internship already. And I have another possibly going in the future. And uh, it's tough, but like you said, like, still having fun but prop uh, fun's a weird word because fun to people seems like you're just fucking around and having fun but fun to me is literally sitting at this desk and like studying which is so stupid now that i say it out loud but that's literally what fun is to me and i know frank you're the same way like your fun is working out 
and studying and applying the things you study to things you see in life. For sure. I mean, like, just to kind of, tra I'll trans transition transition it into like what I have going on. It's kind of the same thing. Like I thought initially the fun part of my life was the exercise, nutrition, researching all this newest science to apply it to my life, to optimize my life. And in that, I figured it was undeniable. It, it has to gain traction in some way because it's, it's universally applied to everybody. It can be applied to everybody. And, you know, what's a better business model than something that doesn't fail on the face of it? I mean, being healthy, being fit, being, you know, active is so important to everyone that, you know, if you could find a way to capitalize on that, being an expert in that, then, I mean, who's going to deny you? How, how are you going to possibly fail? And that's something that Justin and I kind of jumped into with our podcast. We were like, do we understand what you need to do? We could write it down. We could, we could formulate some sort of specific step-by-step -step process to, you know, we started that growth-minded project. And we could, we could give it to people that they could easily digest it and really understand what it was to, to be healthy, be happy, how it would change their lives. And we didn't give it too much thought, but we were passionate about it. And we wanted to just kind of dive into it. We were both at like dead end jobs that we didn't care for. They paid pretty well, but they were just like, you know, it was a burden on what we wanted in life. You know, I wanted to jump all into what I loved and have fun with it. Like just to jump back to that word, it was fun to research and do things like sit at my desk and just go over a study about you know the benefits of psilocybin right the active ingredient in mushrooms and like how tripping is kind of a is something that you know sounds so taboo but maybe it may help people psychologically and try to push that narrative and try to just be the front line the frontier of that type of movement but i think justin and i realized at some point that you can't mix work and fun on a continuum it kind of has to be a give and take like it can't just be fun and also be profitable and be something that you can kind of, you know, sit back and watch it grow the whole time. You know, it's not fun to grind. It's, it's hard work and it's something that ultimately pays off, but it's not like a day-to-day -day fun grind. So we started to sit there at the table, like figuring out how we're going to formulate this growth-minded project, how we're going to use our podcast to try to drive traffic. And it sounded fun, but it was honestly, to me, it was miserable. I, I just felt so insecure about what I was doing, even though the idea was great, you know, and then making the leap to doing something else, like a structured school, which we destroyed in our podcast, we would talk about how much of a ripoff school was, and how bad it was financially, how bad it was for your time, you know, an hour and a half lecture that yielded you nothing that I could do in about 20 minutes, and you pay $20,000 a year to, to get that information. You know, and then now here we both are <laughs> paying yeah, that $20,000 a year. $20,000 a year, not 20. <laughs> you know, like in a structured way, kind of going back on what we said, but you know, you got to swallow your pride sometimes and you got to do what maybe you thought you didn't want to do, but maybe there's a reason why you didn't want to do it in the first place. Maybe you were scared of the truth that maybe you do have to work a little bit and you do have to kind I don't of- know if I, I don't know if I agree with all of that because you did take a leap. You guys rented space became trainers, kind of left behind that old life, right? You were, you got your MBA from Hofstra and was, you were working in healthcare, but on the business end. And then you transitioned, you totally jumped into something new and took that leap of faith. And you realized it wasn't what you wanted. You didn't die. You know what I mean? You're still alive and it was a great experience for you. And then you said, I want to go back to school and this is what I want to do. 
Yeah, for sure. But what I'm saying is the the idea of going into something because it's fun or because you enjoy it so much. Like I still to this day enjoy health, fitness and research on things that I I find interesting. And that's what I wanted to capitalize on with our podcast and our branding and that project that we were starting. I wanted to enjoy my time doing it. And really what I did was I learned a lot about myself and what I need. And I personally need structure. I need somebody to, I'm like a very good person to interject into a current system. So like if the hospital's already established, like I wanna be a nurse practitioner, right? So I want to work within the hospital as an employee there, but have enough autonomy to express myself, my knowledge, my understanding, my interpersonal skills and do that, but then leave and not have to worry about it when I leave. I, but I wanna jump in and help the, the momentum of the hospital, help push forward and help innovate and help just make the experience for the patient even better. But then I get to leave and then I get to kind of hang up my stethoscope, hang up my coat and then leave and enjoy my life how I want to. I didn't know that before. I figured it would be like a 24 seven party with Justin and I at the podcast studio. Like it was Rob Dyrdek's fantasy factory, you know, like I, I really thought that's how it would be. And it wasn't realistic. I think what Frank and I realized was that, yes, we loved fitness and wanted to have fun. And we saw other people make a life out of loving fitness and promoting it. But I think at the end of the day, we realized that we, as selfish as it sounds, like we liked all the knowledge we had and just keeping it for ourselves. And cause you know, we would, we would tell people what to do, especially as trainers, you, you show people, you don't even tell them what to do. You show them why you need to do it and how this will help. And they just like, nobody cares. Yes. Yeah. They're paying you all this money. They're like, nah, whatever. And at, at the end of the day, we're just like, you know what, this information I'm going to keep for myself. I'm going to apply it for myself and I'm going to continue studying other things, you know? So now we're selfish with the fitness information. Definitely. Yeah, because it's just, it's so valuable to us, but we've spent so many years of our lives applying it and enjoying it and seeing what it's worth. And you can't hold people by the hand. And you, I think you go into it expecting people to just adhere to it like you did, you know, and they just, they don't, people don't pick up on things that they're not interested in. And you could lead by example all day, but if no one shares that passion, it's very hard for it to spread, you know, to spread as quick as you wanted it to. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I spoke to somebody about this and I was like, I feel like nobody cares. Like I'm teaching all these things in real estate, business, all this stuff. And people ask me the same questions when I post a video about it. Like I just posted a video explain, explaining the answer to that. So why, do you, why are you asking me when you could just watch that video or why are you not listening? You know, and even if they do, like they hear you, they hear what you're saying, but they don't listen. And uh, and it bothers me sometimes. And the person I was talking to said, it's, you're not charging enough. I was like, well, what do you mean, right? And he's like, you're not charging them enough. Like he does one-on-one consultations um, with people for like two months and he charges them $20,000. I'm like, all right, well, you're a really big influencer. So it's a different story when you're that big of an influencer because you have the audience to come to you. But I understood what he was saying because if somebody's paying you $20,000, they care. You know, they want it, they need to know. I never even thought of that. But you're putting out your you're putting out free information and you're building a fan base and you're building if it's one or two people out of the you know ten to fifteen thousand followers you have, that's enough given the fact that it's something that you're doing on the side. You're not doing it as your number one main focus. Like you're trying to get this brand or whatever image you're trying to to build here, 
you know, that's on the side. It's kind of running parallel with you. You're doing something. You have a tangible day-to-day. You have something that's actually going on. That's a huge, huge thing nowadays because I see a lot some things you post and a lot of it, correct me if I'm wrong, is some DMs that say like, uh, how do you do social media? Like it's all about the social media aspect, right? People reach out to you asking, how's your social media this good? How do you do it? And then I feel like those same people and not just in the, the, the market you're in, like any market, they go at their strategy is to focus on the social media first and be like dope yeah. on Instagram 100%. and then expect it to roll over into real life. Like you were saying, Frank, and it's, it's not like that at all. And I've even, I got to say, I've done that. I've tried that when I was doing YouTube back at like, you know, 18, 19 years old. And I wanted to be like in the fitness industry. I focused all on social media and nothing in real life. Yeah, but you are very good at social media. You should have never stopped. Never. You always say that. You always say that all like, the You're a dick, Justin. You're a dick. You're so good at social media. If you didn't stop, you'd be a major influencer right now, hands down. You know why I can't be a major influencer? Because I'm literally bald. No, oh, we have uh, an investor here. Frank, hey. No, stay off to Southern State. <laughs> I ran into him yesterday. He flips us off on the highway. We all rolled down the windows. We're like, we're going to gut this guy. Who does this guy think he is? And we pull up and it's your dad. How funny is that? Oh, What's up, Justin? How are you? What's up, brother? I'm good. I'm good, man. It's uh, 70 degrees in Arizona. So it's really nice. I heard you guys got a foot of snow. Yeah, we did. Are you, are you, is he on the moon? Finally. You made it to the moon. <laughs> Strong. It's not as hard as everyone thinks it is. Really? Yeah. Good yeah, job, man. Proud of you. What? I always told him he was a space cadet. Yeah, no, he, he is. is. He really is. Obviously, he graduated. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Thanks, Dad. Back to what you're doing, guys. All right. <laughs> I love you, Dad. Oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, you're, Alon, you're not focusing on social media first <laughs> and doing everything. You've already, actually, even before you started social media, you had such a big presence in real life. I mean, the connections you have, that's one thing about you. If I'm ever talking about you to someone, that's like the number one thing I talk about, how good you are at talking to people and making friends and making connections and like long-term relationships. When I drive in the car with Alon, right, when he's driving and I'm just shotgun, the kid in like a 30-minute drive will call six, seven different people just to say hi and like keep in touch. And the whole time I'm sitting there silent and like he's just going off, calling, calling, calling. It's all Alon does. Talk yeah, I noticed it's a work ethic. I mean, it's, it's really just the work ethic itself. I wondered, I mean, I have a question for you. Um, so I know that you're, you're very big. I don't even want to say you're very, very big in your faith. Cause I don't even know if you are, but I mean, you're, you're very strict with your, with your faith. Like, how does that actually affect you? Like, how do you apply that to your life? And how does that actually get you to move forward? Like, does it inspire you or structure you in any way? Oh yeah. There's that, that's first off, that's a great question. And nobody's ever asked me that before. So that's a very good question. I'm happy you asked it because the first thing that came to my mind was respect. The second thing that came to my mind was ethics. So I have a ton of respect for older people and uh, people that have done anything remotely close to, um, you know, admirable, like anybody, like you guys, just the, the risks you guys are taking alone, like I heavily respect you. You know, I cannot judge Justin for picking up and leaving to Arizona. Meanwhile, a lot of local kids, might say, I don't know who's saying this or whatever, but I'm saying like, oh, what's he going to Arizona? Like, you know, like just judging and being... Who's saying that? <laughs> Chris, Chris said it, Chris said it. 
So, oh, great. Great luck. I'm back home. so anybody that's like, first off, I'm not, you know, we, we don't judge as fast. That's at least how I was brought up. So I guess it can be said like the religion, you know, you don't want a bad tongue, but that's how I was brought up in my house. And then ethical, like I don't, I don't screw people over. You know, I don't have any reasons to lie. Sometimes when I'm saying things, I might be off by like, you know, a few numbers. If it's like seven, I don't know, seven days, I might say nine days, or I'm just like not exact on that, but it's not like I'm lying, it's mistakes. You know, I'm super against lying and, uh, and, and not having respect. It's all about respect and staying ethical. And then now, you know, do I push hard? Do I do things as, you know, crazy as possible all the time and push the boundaries? A hundred percent, but doing it all while having respect and staying ethical to who I am as a person. Do you, uh, but more of my question was more like specifically to the faith. Like, I feel like every faith has that common background where that common format where, you know, treat your, treat your neighbor, how you would love to be treated, things like that, like to show respect, to treat other people as equal, but like anything in particular to your selected faith, would that, like, how does it, does it apply in any way besides that? You know why it's so hard to answer that, Frank, because it's with such a big world now, it's like, it's just happens to be the way I grew up, you know, because we grew up with as five Jewish people in a town with no Jews at all in Long Island, New York, Eastern Suffolk County. Meanwhile, all the Jews are in Queens, Great Neck Hewlett. So it's hard to say because they have no respect, most of them. You know, they're absolute, they're absolutely difficult to deal with. They don't have ethics, a lot of them, but I just happen to grow up in a house where it's like, you have to respect your parents because it says so in the Torah and that's how we were raised and that's how you guys are going to be raised. And, you know, and I guess keeping kosher uh, when it's been very difficult has taught me to, you know, stay disciplined all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, you, could, you could have a steak once in a while, but... Yeah, kosher steak. Kosher steak. <laughs> I remember I remember we were going to go over your house and I was like, I was like to Justin, I'm like, are there any limits here? Like, I want to bring a steak. Like, I'm hungry. I want to have a steak. He goes, mm. It's gotta be, you can't cook it in his kitchen. And like, then the pan has to get thrown out. <laughs> like, wait, what? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go eat before I go there. I'm just, I'll, if they're gonna order pizza, I'll just have pizza. But you know what? You can have kosher steak, but you gotta buy it from like Queens and the kosher place, whatever. It's, yeah. it's so I was just like, hmm, how does that apply to you? But I guess there is the discipline. There is kind of that restriction, but it's unnecessary restriction, but I kind of, I see where the where you could build strength from that. Like honestly, I'm drinking coffee right now. I haven't drank coffee for about three weeks, any caffeine for about three weeks, just purposely because I was off of school and I was binge drinking caffeine. And I figured, all right, why don't I just put a stop to this? Because it did help my workouts too and things like that. It's like just restrict it. You don't have to, but just do that. Like put that discipline in, unnecessary discipline, but you're just doing it. And then now I was so excited to go to Starbucks and go grab a nitro brew so I could have it for this podcast. And I was like, see, you earned this. Like you act, you restricted, it was unnecessary, but you earned it. Now it's, it's so valuable to me. Now I'm, I love it. Like I'm, I'm cherishing this, this cup. I'm barely even drinking the whole thing. Uh, I'm wired. I'm just curious about specifics. How many milligrams of caffeine were you having before you stopped? Probably like 300, 350. Uh-huh. Okay. And how was the first couple of days? Your workout? Not head, not, none of that. If you stay hydrated and you keep, you keep your, yourself kind of, constantly fed and constantly hydrated it doesn't really hurt people what happened i mean quick science lesson here when you drink caffeine it constricts your blood vessels 
right? So it thins out that part of your brain. Like you basically have a smaller highway system in your brain. That's but why then, you mix it with nitric oxide. Beats. Why? Why does yeah. it do that? But then, well, caffeine raises your adrenaline, right? And your adrenaline squeezes your blood vessels, makes your blood vessels more narrow so blood can go to your, your extremities. Um, and then if you're using it in a fight or flight mode, but caffeine induces that chemically. So when you stop doing that after a long time, your body gets so used to that, that it's sending the same amount of blood right through. And now you opened up the blood vessels even, even wider and it's putting pressure on your brain. So normally with caffeine, it constricts and then the lumen opens when you don't have that adrenaline flowing through your body from the caffeine. Okay. So it's, it's putting more pressure on your head. So that's why people get those a lot. But if you just drink more water and stay hydrated, your body will function. Fuck you. Wow, I miss you, Frank. Yes, I miss yeah. you so much. <laughs> Bro, so it's weird because it's like, and I, I kind of want to segue, if you if you don't mind, into oh. like school and academia, how it's such horseshit. <laughs> it's absolute horseshit. I mean, I'm in, so basically just a quick background if nobody knows me, like I've been just a self, I don't want to say self-made, but like self-researcher. Like I just was motivated by myself. I, I just wanted to know things. I wanted to know how the body works, why it works, the way it works. How do we grow? How do we get healthy or whatever? And just like piecing together certain knowledge, not really understanding how the body works. Then I made the switch to go to school. And now I'm, I learned from a structured classroom setting where you're forced to learn every single piece and bit uh, according to the academic structure and the, the uh, curriculum. So learning a lot, it kind of pieced a lot of things together, which was nice and very helpful. But then once you get into like, for me, it was nursing school specifically, this, this niche, which is a human niche. It's not, it's, it's a human quality. It's not a specific thing, like a skill. Nursing isn't a skill in and of itself. It's really just a little bit of scientific knowledge and then your personability. Can I make someone feel comfortable? That's really what it is. But in school, they try to make it seem like it's this bigger, grander, tangible thing. And you realize that you don't learn from being in school. You don't learn from sitting down, studying in a structured way, reading PowerPoints, having somebody tell you how to do things. It's like when you, when Alon, when you're doing your, your talk shops, you're telling people what to do and how to do it and kind of like the way to approach it, which is kind of like the way structured school is, but you do it every day. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to relate to you because you put it in layman's terms and you make small, easy, attainable goals that you, you kind of throw out there like, oh, why don't you, you do this and it, I'll run you through a scenario. I'm going to, I'm doing this right now. I'm going to run you through a scenario. And then it makes it plausible for, for the average Joe to be like, fuck it. Maybe if I have a little bit of cash, I could probably try to do this. Yeah. But with school, they're just talking from a throne and they're just giving you, they're, they're shoveling information into your face, expecting you expecting for you to understand it when you're not applying it you're not if you can't relate it to anything you're just getting shoveled information and you're trying to just hold on to all this information that they're just shoving down your throat i don't know if justin you could uh attest to that as well but it's 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 honestly it's disgusting it doesn't help at all it doesn't actually serve serve you in any way shape or form i mean it's 100 percent what you just said um but for me in the science space like the the planetary geology or just geology in general you do you are supposed to supplement it with hands-on you know hands-on activities which they've completely cut right now like they won't let you do anything which in my head i'm just like cursing at them because how do you expect me 
or anyone, right? I mean, how many kids go to college right now? How do you expect us to sit down, you know, after we graduate, because I'm, I'm going to graduate soon. How, how do you expect us to sit down, let's say, at a NASA, um, you know, uh, oh my goodness. Convention. Yeah, at a NASA um, interview. And they ask, they ask you your experience. And I go, I have none. It was all virtual, you know? And, th and then the school still is still charging me $30,000. And which is rough. It's all, yeah, it's all on Zoom. And I mean, this is my experience now, but it's just, it, it is very frustrating at the moment. Uh, I know when I was in school, like physically, I loved it. I loved being in front of people speaking. I was always that loser who went up to the board and like before a test and before the teacher got into the room, I went up to the board and I would like teach kids like this is what you need to know for the test. And I loved it because you're in person, you're talking, you're meeting. I would be best friends with all my professors, which is like the coolest thing. Because um, a lot of these professors are like world renowned geologists and everything. Uh, but now I'm getting none of that. And it's so hard for me to stay concentrated. Because um, basically, every human aspect is cut out. And like Frank said, you're just being fed information. And it's just like, here, take it, take it, take it, take it, like through Zoom. And it's just tiring. It's, uh, it's not the way we were made as humans, you know. We're a social species, if you want to say. Um, when do you think this will be over, Justin? It's been over for me since March 2020. Oh, no. The whole, like, Zoom thing and all of that. <laughs> it never started. Amen. I don't know, man. It's, yeah, it's... Because it, it's not, it's not something that, you know, not to get political, I don't, you don't even have to, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense why you would shut the entire country down and all the vital things that we, you know, we do as humans, as the kids, really, it's really just the kids, like shutting schools down, gyms, like those things are vital. This is, this is shit that we need to actually boost our immune system and boost our, for the kids, their sociability and their ability to prosper after this and not be traumatized by this ridiculous nonsense shutdown that we have and it's it's destroying the quality of our education which means that after we're not going to the most of the population is not going to prosper because they're not going to know shit on top of the fact that you wouldn't have known shit anyway from school but the quality of what you're learning is absolutely diluted and just completely thrown to the side the the part that matters is thrown to the side like the interactive part going to a room smelling the different air you know being around people having that cooperation it's all it's all gone. So now we have this, you know, a giant pop, a giant portion of the population that's in school right now, whether it be kids or college students, like young kids, um, that aren't getting what they're either paying for or spending most of their time doing. So now, what do you get after that? You get a generation of these people. If it goes on for another two years or so, for a year and a half or so, you get a generation of people who have this deeply embedded trauma. And how that's going to manifest later business risk taking you know like you're big in the risk taking business uh literally business alum you know like you're doing things that you don't know the outcome and who's going to be more risk who's going to be more risk adverse than the kids coming out of school now you pay all this money yeah. you don't get an education you aren't guaranteed a job because there are less jobs and then now you're you're sitting around not trusting anybody you think you're going to just take the leap of faith you're not going to do that. But you know, Frank, a lot of the people that are super risk averse went into college that way anyway. You know, I, I remember college. First off, I'm, I can't believe I'm not like I can't I'm can't I'm very happy that I'm not experiencing what you guys are experiencing right now with college. Uh, I finished a few years ago, luckily, because I couldn't imagine what everybody's going through right now that wants to be hands on and can't be in a classroom like I would probably just 
drop out until it gets back to normal and you know keep doing my business but I, I have a business so it's different you know most people can't just do that I remember being in college I picked everything on rate my professor I learned how to scuba dive I learned how to play the piano um, I walked into classes like and the art professor if I didn't like her attitude I'd be like I'm out I am not taking this class F you and if the teacher or anybody was like you can't do that how can you do that I'll, be like, I'll take it over winter break I am good you know and I do not need to sit here and get shoveled information into my face that I don't even want to learn from somebody that has an attitude the whole time and has no real life experience and luckily I, I was very lucky that I got to pick professors based on rate my professor and get that from beginning to end and not have many bad experiences I've had, I had two bad professors throughout all of college so unfortunately most people don't get the same college experience I did. Yeah, I think it's an archaic concept. It's, it's something that it, it's old, it's gone. Like my teachers now that we're not in person and I feel like this is gonna be the new trend, like we're gonna try to do things remotely. They're referring to YouTube to show us the things that they would have shown us in person. Wow. Now, what does that say wow. to you now, right? That tells you that we are obsolete, us as ex college, you know, put them in quotes here. I won't tell you where I go, but this college doesn't have the ability to show me the information. So what they're going to do is outsource to somebody who doesn't even know that they're getting outsourced to this person just made their own video, but it's just a very good quality video, which is wow. then what they could produce. And now this person's getting all of the views, all the attention, and they're creating value for us. And now it's starting to at least our generation, we saw what it was like to be in person. Now we could see what it's like being at home and who's teaching us better. And that is the, you know, the free, the whatever you want to call it, the uh, not free range, the people who are doing it on their own freelance. And what's the professor doing? <laughs> if you're getting a YouTube education, they're doing shit. They're doing guiding you around through the curriculum. But a lot of things are leaning that way now. I know uh, leaning the way. Oh, away from universities or away from degrees more so. So Elon Musk came out not too long ago and said, you know, if you want to work at SpaceX, you don't need a degree. Come to an interview, show me what you know, talk to me or, or to someone in doing the interview process, talk back and forth and we'll know what you know just from talking. He's like, you don't need a degree. You could come, you could be a rock. And that's because partly from him, he literally builds rockets. He has no degree. He taught himself. So he's coming at it with that perspective. And then Google recently, I don't know if you heard about Google, Google's dropping their like university. What it is, you can pay, uh, it's something so cheap, like $60 a month and you get um, access to their classes. It's not dropped yet, they're unveiling it, I think in 2021, but Google, they're creating a university. And all it is, is there's a bunch of different certificates and it's literally, it's $60 a month for maybe like four or five months, you do training, like full-time schooling, right? Through Google. And when you're done with it in six months or five months, only $60 a month, they treat that as a full on bachelor's and you can get a job in tech at Google making, I don't know, 60, $70,000 a year with, for someone who didn't go to college, that's amazing. And then, you know, you work through Google for five years, you can probably bump up to something else, learn more stuff. Like, so a lot of these things are happening that's pulling away from a traditional university where you pay. $30,000 a year and your first year, you're just doing social studies and art and welcome to ASU. Uh, here's your orientation. Like, okay, that's not what I paid for. Thanks. But you are so upset about ASU. I feel so bad for you, Justin. Rough. I literally, 
left a great job. My family, my friends who are like my friends, like all you guys and our whole group is like family to me. Yeah. I can walk into your house when you're not even there and just hang out with your parents. You can walk in, same in mine. Like we're family. I left all that. And my dog. I left my dog. Jet. To pursue this amazing education at ASU because it was the best I can do. And uh, I'm just sitting at my computer all day. Every day, all day. I'm just right here. No hands on nothing. Waste. Garbage. I know, I, listen, I know in the end it's not going to be garbage because to be an astronaut, you do need your master's. So I'm here finishing my master's. You do need that piece of paper. So like when I look back at it, I'll be very happy. But for now, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, almost, it's stupid. I think it's so stupid. Because you're a hands-on guy. You love to be hands-on in everything. Listen, I'm still out here building stuff. This is a 3D printed model of the SLS rocket. This is the rocket I'll be on when I go to the moon. I'm still I doing hands-on stuff. Shit, where is it? I, I printed that for you, didn't I? I know. <laughs> Fucking waste yeah. of plastic, that one. Yeah, I've, but, I'm still doing hands-on stuff. I picked up a lot of gun stuff. I'm learning a lot about the mechanics of firearms, building firearms, actually wow. with your brother, along with Anthony. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So I'm still doing hands-on stuff, engineering some things. I just wish I was doing it with school since I paid $30,000 for it. I just think that's the new way it's going to be. I mean, as I was trying to segue before into, you know, like I see what you're doing, Alon, and it's like you're actually doing the thing. And while you're doing the thing that you're talking about, you are showing people. You have Steve helping you actually film it this way. You're not getting, uh, you know, your brain is not all cloudy with, all right, how do I pitch this angle? Where are we going to set this up? Yeah, like you're, you're just doing you and he's filming you do you. And then creating these like beautiful artistic expressions of what you're doing on his own while you're able to still grind and run with what you're doing. And I feel like that's going to be the way of the future where people are teaching. You know, like I learned a lot of what I learned before when I was doing my own research before school, before structured school. I was on YouTube listening to podcasts, getting inspiration from podcasts to then go further, dive deeper into the, the studies that were mentioned or, you know, the, the person that they refer to, the researcher to go into their work. And then that's, I did my own studying from there and it was very efficient because I gave a shit and I was able to go down the rabbit hole, right? If there's no one to inspire you, then it's not going to work. If, no, if there's no way for you to be inspired to do what you got to do and really dive into it, besides feeling financially responsible because you're putting all this money into it, you know, that's the better way to actually just do it on your own. And when you're creating content like you are, it's engaging and people are opening up their minds to it. And if it's, again, like I said, the one out of every 10,000 of your followers actually pick it up for real and you could then partner with them, what was it to just create the videos and just kind of show what you were doing? that inspiration is priceless. I mean, that's how this social media thing works. A lot of people get caught up in the bullshit. I deleted my social media, like off my phone. I still have it, but it's useless to who I am and what I want to be. For you, it's useful, right? For me, all I was doing was taking my attention away from what I was doing. I was just doing it for a couple of laughs, maybe to see what people are doing, but who the fuck cares? If you're not running with your head down, you know, you're going to go get there slower. Like for you, it's very useful. You know, for Justin, I don't know how useful it is to you. I don't know what you gain from it. I, I don't know. But I feel like it's something that, you know, it's not going to help you pursue your career. It's not going to help me pursue my career. But for you, Alana, it definitely does. You know, I think a lot of people, they get 
short-circuited today because they're constantly checking their phone, constantly checking to see what notifications are there. I caught myself doing it too. Yeah. You know, oh, what's what's on what's on the news feed? Like, what's going on? Let's just scroll down. Maybe there's something funny. I can be entertained. But that people don't realize that you know, 15 seconds to two minutes every day at a rate of what a thousand times a fucking day. Like, how many times do people check their phone? That's a lot of time taken away from you and your productivity. You know. Yeah, I can't go on TikTok because I become addicted. It's very bad. What I've I, downloaded I, I, TikTok, I never will. Never will. I've never even. I, it's like I, in the beginning, I was like TikTok psh, for kids, not for me. I'm a grown man. Never gonna happen. I signed on to TikTok two times. First time, I'm like, this is stupid. Never gonna happen. Second time, I think I accidentally clicked the app. And I'm like, oh my God, that video was hilarious. And I just scroll up another one. I'm like, that was even funnier. And then two hours later, I'm like, what just happened? You know? I'm hoping. It is really funny. Like, because I see a lot of TikToks, obviously, on Instagram. But it is really funny. It's so easy to get lost in it. People are so creative. They are, but it's like, do you realize how stupid that shit is? And what it's doing to your reality. Like, if you were like, all right, look, every night, instead of watching my show at 8 p.m 9 p.m when i get home from work doing shit i'm gonna go sit down and watch it and then your you know your media of choice is tiktok to go sit down that may be better but it's not it's in your pocket it's while you're at online at starbucks it's while you're in traffic for people you know looking at shit while they're driving it's getting to the point where you can't even sit down and have a moment to yourself and be self-reflective and you just have to dig into your pocket see what where the next notification is or see what the next funny video is and then it's almost as if you were underwater and you came out um, you came out from the water and now you have to dry off again it's like it actually takes you out of reality what a fantastic analogy yeah you know i was actually thinking that same thing because recently i found like anytime i have downtime i'll put on a podcast or downtime when I'm like eating food at the table, like I'll prop up YouTube and like watch, you know, I watch like engineering educational videos, but I'm still always watching something. And I thought about that the other day. I was like, I'm kind of never just silent in my head when I'm driving to work, music's on or a podcast on when I'm laying in bed, ready to go to sleep. Instagram's up. Like there's never really a time where I'm just sitting in silence. And that's and important. It's funny, you, it's funny you bring that up because I was yeah. just thinking that the other day. It's a, a lot of that. I mean, I, I can definitely attest to that hundred percent. Like every time I find myself going down that, that, that path where I know media is keeping me entertained throughout the day, if I have a free day, but I'm going to school. So in my head I go, all right, I'm going to school. I don't have a lot going on. I'm kind of almost holding my breath for the next two years so that I can get out of school. And then when I'm done, then that's when life's going to start. That's when I'll start doing things. Right now, I'm just going to keep myself busy. Just, you know, I'll check here and there. It's, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that uh, structured. It's, it's ruining my time every single day. It's actually taking me out of my reality, taking my emphasis off of the moment and putting it into my phone just to stare at this piece of glass that's going to give me a chuckle, a little dopamine hit. And more so actually, people are on it every or nonstop now because of the pandemic. Exactly. And, but it's, it's just creating this, this external life that you put in your pocket, but it doesn't yield you anything. And if you're in a place where you're struggling or where you're not, you know, 
financially you're not on point or you can spend more time doing other things that are going to benefit you and you're sitting there looking at your phone you're you're basically holding your breath for a couple of minutes every time you're on it you're not doing anything for yourself that's why i stopped um so i actually got a rubik's cube jen inspired me to get a rubik's cube and now i could knock this shit out within three minutes wow learned a skill just for shits and giggles because i don't want to stare at a screen i don't want to sit there and take my time out so whenever i have a moment i just put my mind to something get into a flow state and just you don't watch youtube videos to learn how to do the i did i did watch a youtube video to learn how to do it but that was one sit down moment for about an hour and then after that now i have the algorithms down i could i could solve the show within three minutes that's so funny i could be a loser right with you to watch this wow you're making daisies now yes yes i am making daisies but you know i just wanted to do got excited to do it because it's it's anti-technology we we're so connected with technology and if it's not benefiting you then it's only taken away from you if it's not yielding you income it's only taking away from you it just is so now what i've been doing instead of laying in bed playing or playing watching instagram i sit there and play sudoku really I sit there with a little light, put some music on, and just play Sudoku. Wait, I need to take a picture and send it to my grandmother. One second. Of what? Then break that out again. Killer Sudoku. Killer Sudoku. Wow. It's in France. It's all French. All the numbers. So what would you guys suggest right now, I guess, to a millennial uh, that's facing looking at social media all the time, constantly on their phone, they don't have the chance to go to the gym right now, or hate going to the gym, um and struggling through school with the same stuff as you guys to live and lead a healthier life that's loaded but um i would i mean that's hard dude that that's that's the problem that we faced frank let's let's do this let's do what we what the whole growth mind uh project was about was small little habits right Mm -hmm. so let's go at it from that angle so we were were developing this program that was going to be online for everybody and the main point i guess i guess okay Think about when someone uh, has a new fitness goal, right? You always hear them talking like, oh my God, January 1st, right? Coming up in what, two days, three days, January 1st, that's it, I'm changing. I'm gonna hit the gym, I'm gonna change my food, I'm gonna lose 30 pounds, I'm gonna be insane, I'm gonna be a beast, right? And those people, they go at it, they attack it, and because they attack so hard, they fail in 30 days, right? They're like, oh my God, this is crazy, I need to step back. Then February comes, you step back a little more, you're like, this is exhausting. So Frank and I's whole plan, which is it's our plan because it's what we've implemented and it works so well. It's uh, creating habits, super, super, super small habits. Literally the first thing, if you like Alon, your question, if you want to live this healthier life, it sounds so stupid, but water, how much water do you drink? That's your first step. Spend a month, like buy one of those uh, hydro flasks, spend a month making, there you go, making sure every single day that hydro flask, hydro flask follows you everywhere. Because after that month, drinking water will become such a habit, you won't even think about it. I know for a fact, Frank and I, that thing follows us everywhere. Being dehydrated is never an issue. And that sounds so stupid, but when it comes to fitness and health, everyone wants to like make a cool video on Instagram. It's like, no, what's gonna be better is literally just water. Like do that, do that for a while and then move to the next step. The next step could be walking more or doing, doing, you know, taking walks after you eat something so stupid. And it sounds so stupid that a lot of people don't do it. And they're missing out on a big, no pun intended, like moving a big rock, like drinking water is, will help a long way more than something else. 
exactly but it, it's really just you're implementing small tests right at the end of the day it could be anything and when it comes to like the younger person i mean the question was about millennials i mean we are millennials too so we do have you know a couple people almost into their 30s so when you're at that age it's kind of like i don't want to say it's too late because it's not but you're kind of who you are already you know who you are to a certain extent you kind of developed yourself so those little tasks may seem like too time consuming you need to get more done now because you're in a rush i think everybody's in a rush and that's the biggest problem everybody wants to be at the top of the mountain with the helicopter ride they don't want to do the hike you know and that's that's not how it works it's not a payoff when you could just purchase your way there or drive yourself there and not walk yourself there like you see a lot more when you walk somewhere than when you drive somewhere right you create more of a rich experience on your way there so yes the small things like justin said like just drinking a little bit of water realistically something like that in particular you do for three to four days maybe a week and then after that you implement something new like you step in the gym twice a week and you do slow cardio and you wear your sweatshirt if you're insecure like people are insecure that's why they don't go to the gym people feel you know like everyone's looking at them no one's looking at you you know things like that just to get over those little fears because when they jump in like justin said on january 1st they go they sprint they sprint. They want to get there now. They want to lose all 50 pounds in that first month. They want it done. And then after that, they could like, oh, I'm done. No, it, your life goes on. You still have another year after that. What are you going to do? You're going to gain the weight back. You're going to, you know, create all these new bad habits again. You're going to, you're going to reopen those bad habits. You can't do that. You have to take your time. You have to go slow. Everybody's in a rush. You got to slow it down. And then, you know, like you could actually sit down and think instead of always being on Instagram, instead of always looking at the person next to you, you have to just relax, sit down and focus. You're not dead. You're alive, right? You can, you can afford the time. It's okay. I'm almost 30 years old and I'm just starting another undergraduate degree. I know it's going to take me four total years to be my ultimate goal, which is my nurse practitioner, but I don't care. I'm going to be alive in the next four years. Why not use those four years to become that person? So if you're going to be alive, if you know you're going to be alive for the next at least a year and a half, two years, right? You could lose a significant amount of weight. You could increase your, your stamina or increase strength, muscle mass, whatever you got to do. But if you do it at a slow pace and you don't overexert yourself and don't overwhelm yourself, it will be a lot easier. It will happen. It will happen, you know, but if you're just doing this, like, all right, so five days a week, we're going to do chest, back, shoulders, legs, and abs. And then you're going to do that. And then you're going to eat steak in the morning out of eggs in the afternoon. Like, no, dude, no, it's too much. It's too much. At the end of the day, you have 24 hours, do what you're doing, but add one little piece every day. And wow. you'll be a lot better off. Nobody's looking at you in the gym because they're looking at Justin. I know, dude. I, I can't go to the gym with him. I have to wear a sweatshirt every time I go. That was great feedback. That was great advice. Seriously, I, I, I don't know if you guys even realize, but you just triggered something in my mind while you guys were talking about small incremental tasks. That reminded me when I read Tim Ferriss' book, uh, Tools of Titans, and a lot of big dogs in every different field said something so similar, and one of them was cold showers every morning. And... You just triggered that in my mind, and I'm going to go start cold showers again tomorrow morning because I totally forgot about it. Have fun. Cold showers are the best. And Justin and Jen, my girlfriend, don't, don't agree or don't understand. It's no, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't I understand. agree. I get the science. It's just, do I like it? No. Well, maybe that's what you need to do. What's what the you... science behind cold showers? Okay. 
So, <laughs> they, what is it? No, the heat shock proteins. Well, it's, it's kind of that. But basically what it's doing, your body, it's the same thing I was talking about with caffeine to a certain extent. There's things called chemical hormesis, basically hormones. Your hormones are changing. Or environmental hormesis, making your hormones change. Basically, all that means is either you're putting something in your body that's metabolically or chemically changing. So like caffeine, that's raising my adrenaline. Environmental hormesis is like a sauna or something happening from the outside to you. So the cold, the cold is shocking your body and your body thinks it's going to die. So it shunts all of the blood from your extremities and brings it to your vital organs. And by doing that, it also increases adrenaline because it thinks maybe you fell into a lake. Maybe you're in a situation where you're fucked and you need all the energy you could possibly use to get out of that situation. So wow, it, it I didn't ramps notice. up adrenaline. It ramps up a bunch of these, these cold shock proteins, basically the opposite of a sauna. Same concept as Justin said. They're just cold. And your body's in a repair mode because it's like, dude, we're going to fucking die if we don't do this. So it ramps up healing and it decreases inflammation because inflammation will cause you to spend, send more blood and things everywhere else. So your body's creating this, like this chemical concoction of things that are helping promote growth. When you control the outcome, all you're doing is twisting a dial, but your body thinks it's, it fell into a frozen lake. Did you say what happens to your organs? The blood go rushes to your organs. It, it shunts blood. So basically stops blood from the extremities. So it's pulling from your arms. It's pulling from your legs because that's not a vital organ. Okay. Your body organs are your digestive tract, your brain, you know, your liver, your kidneys, your heart, like those things get the blood and it's pulling blood away. Okay. And then when you get out of the shower because you're controlling the environment by just turning that shit to cold, but your body thinks you're dying. So when your body thinks you're dying, it produces on its own, all these positive, good healing chemicals and adrenaline. And then when you turn that environment off that bad environment you're safe again your body goes wait what i gave you all those good all right fine just have those chemicals it's just like it's like a gofundme for a little bit you just get all this cash and there really wasn't a crisis and you're just you're fine now now you get to walk away you know oh my god it's a gofundme i love it so I, when, I, when I do a cold shower i like slowly incrementally get colder and colder and frank calls me a pussy see there you go there it is he calls me a pussy. He says, you have to just cut it. So just make sure along when you do it, you go from hot and you just crank it to cold. Otherwise, take your shower first. Don't take a cold shower, yeah, yeah. a cold cleaning shower, like clean yourself, do it. All right, cool. You happy now? 90 degrees. Turn that bitch. Shit. Then you're fucked. And then you got to do the dance. You have to spin though. This is, this is. Oh key. yeah, yeah. Big time. You have to spin because if you sit in one spot, you get used to it. Turn around like a rotisserie chicken the whole fucking time just cold hitting the surface it's a new surface every time so frank tries to take cold showers with jen he's crazy on a whole nother level not with jen no she has no no chance she's never gonna go on a cold shower on her own at least if i make her feel like shit for not doing it she'll do it she's like i'm not doing that fuck you you could do anything else i'm taking a cold shower first thing tomorrow morning it takes balls to do it man and right now in the winter when the pipes are cold, oh, dude. You know what? It was, it went great. Like, it was hard for the first week, and then it was just great for, like, three, four months. And then I just stopped, you know? I just didn't, Same. you know? Same. I, I stopped out of nowhere, and I don't know why, but I just did stop. Sometimes you're in a rush. Sometimes you're just like, I don't feel like taking a shower this morning. Yeah. But at a, there was a time when my pool was open, 
in like the beginning of May, I would just run and jump into my pool in the morning. It was the first thing I did. I'd drink a little bit of water and I'd go jump into the pool and then I'd get out and it was basically my shower for the morning, but like I'd shower at night, but like it was my, instead of taking a cold shower, it just worked better in my routine. I'd dry off and I'd feel amazing after I dried off though. During it's, it's panic mode. And I felt great the whole day when I, after I took that cold shower, like it was a game changer. Well, you're, you're technically winning, right? Like in the beginning of the day, you're setting the tone. I won. I did something that I wanted the result and I got the result immediately. So today is already a good day. Like Justin told me a while back, he goes, his way of doing it was to just make his bed in the morning. And I was like, wow. making your bed. Cause that's pointless. You don't <laughs> make your bed in the morning, Frank? Oh, Frank does make his bed and I gave him so much shit every day. I, make my, bed. I make my bed every morning. Justin, I'm with you hundred percent. Thank uh, you. But winner, it, I'm, winner, denying, I'm denying my own advice right now. I'm doing it. And I allow myself that. I'm fine with that. Because if I did, it'd be nice. But it's a corner bed and it's a king. So, like, to get the sheets over into the corner, I can't. It's such a bitch. I have to, like, jump. and like, is athletic. Frank's an athlete. One of the biggest athletes I know. Yeah, sorry, dude. It's all the way in the corner. No, I would say when I wake up, I make my bed. And I was trying to tell Frank, like, it makes you feel good. It's a win. Like. You wake up, you get up, stretch, whatever you fuck you do. And then when you make your bed, you turn around, you're like, all right, clean, perfect. Next step. Like you just, you just got a W for the morning. Do you have walking access to three points of your, your bed, three sides of your bed you can walk to? Four points. You have, a, you have a bed in the middle of your room? Yes, I do. So all four sides, you can walk around your bed. You can do laps around your bed. That's incredible. I could still hit four points. No, like if I walked around my bed at some point, I only have two sides. If you have a square, right? You have a square, it's in the corner. So there's walls in the way. So I can't tuck in the, the sheets on that side. It's a king. So I can't stretch and get it. So I have to literally hold the sheets and jump across my bed. Hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. I look like it's a physics. It's not physics, sure. Justin. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, didn't physics. Take that he didn't take physics oh, yet. ASU is closed. It's... There's a bigger that's issue. That's why. Uh, Take a cold shower, though. You'll be fine. So but honestly, real quick to segue, though, because of uh, what we're talking about, like, I think a lot of kids today, like millennials, like you were saying before, they're afraid of discomfort. And I think that they don't understand what it's like to struggle because relative to our parents, our their generation, like they didn't have Grubhub. They didn't have, you know, any service they wanted at the flick of a thumb to you know get an uber somewhere they didn't have to save up to buy a car they didn't have to do all these different things they just have wants they don't have needs anymore and i think that's a big character development aspect that we're missing from society right now and you know like the cold showers like we have to actually induce pain right now today like going to the gym that's a discipline you're inducing like some sort of stressor on your body because we don't have a natural stress. We're not fearing for our life. We're not fearing for our safety. We don't have bullies. We don't have anything in our way today. Like we did before. Everything is kind of like cushiony and nerfy, you know? And I think that that's what builds character and it also builds a drive and a desire to move forward. And that's why we have all these little pussy snowflake queefs running around, like with picket signs, bitching about everything. It's, I'm sorry, at some point we have some, we have some sort of self-accountability and we need to suffer a little bit more. I think people have it too well. Their feelings get hurt and it's over. Everything is, it just burn it all down. This, this is unfair. It's not, not true.
You know, we have a better than we've ever had it before. And I think if we're a little bit more humble and we're a little more open to the fact that we are such pussies and so soft, we need to push, push ourselves into more uncomfortable situations, like making my shower cold. You know what I mean? Like just so you could appreciate being comfortable. Yeah, I'm constantly uncomfortable. So uh, when you live in a state of being uncomfortable all the time, it becomes easier. You know what I mean? Right, Justin? <laughs> no, I love I love putting myself in uncomfortable situations. Like it's it makes me feel alive. You know, it. I don't drink coffee. I don't do drugs. I don't even drink. So I think like my drugs is constantly putting myself in uh, crazy situations and being uncomfortable, taking cold showers, taking making huge investments, um, even if I don't have the money, and just figuring it out all the time. Uh, but to touch on what you said, I think you're 100% right, Frank. And and you know what? It's At the end of the day, it's a choice. Like, I don't choose to ever be around people like that. You know, I can't be friends with people like that. I don't think the people listening to this podcast, whenever I launch it, will be like that. Because everybody that's in my circle or that listens to me, like, if they, if I feel a hint of that, I shut them down. You know, even, let's use this example, Connect Four. I've been po- I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm the master at Connect Four. I'm the Connect Four master. I've been playing it nonstop. I've become very good. There. You probably haven't seen it, Frank, but he's been uh, betting people $100 that he'll beat them, and he's been beating people and taking their $100. So, Frank, people talk, talk shit all the time. They're DMing me, I'll crush you in Connect Four, I'll crush you in Connect Four. Maybe 10 DMs a day about how badly I would lose to said people at Connect Four. I said, you know what? After thousands of games, I want these big dogs to put their money where their mouth is. I start calling them all out one by one. I said $100 a game to all the big dogs out there. And uh, only two people followed through. And they lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To people I don't know. Uh, some people I did know, and I, I actually had a total of four bets. Two games for $40, two games for $100. I won all four. And I'm... He plays Connect Four with some people like just through like an online game. Oh, okay. I was he like, that's... Meet up. Yeah, he's going to go meet up with all these people just to play Connect Four. Okay, thank you. And then, Justin, I caught somebody using a bot against me. No, really? I, s- I swear, it was John Leapak, <laughs> that bastard. Like every time you would go, it would go like mad quick. No, I just, I've played the auto solvers, the bots before, and I realized the strategies he was doing. I'm like, you are not smart enough to do this. And uh, <laughs> three times playing Connect Four, the kid knows these strategies that only a machine knows. <laughs> oh, man. Caught him. What got you into Connect Four? My mom bought a set, and, uh, you know. Okay, one thing led to another. Yeah, the competitive edge. Yeah. And started taking people's money. You realize though, like we're overcomplicating shit. Like that stuff is so much fun. Like the small, like this Rubik's cube has. Jen's in the other room right now doing a Rubik's cube. Wow. She she's gonna watch something, but she's playing a Rubik's cube, trying to get her times down. Like it's it's small, it's silly. It will gain nothing besides accomplishment. It's a personal thing. She's not putting it on Instagram. It's the mental sure. exercise. Exactly, and it's putting you in a flow state. And I I don't think anyone's really not many people are aware of how important that is like when you go and do something in a flow state where you're doing something that's involving every one of your senses and that's all that matters in that moment 
That's all that matters. And it's not an electronic thing where you're just watching something and just staring lifeless. You're applying your brain, your sight, your touch, motor skills. And that just develops you as a person. It's very important. I am currently buying a Rubik's Cube. Frank, do you know my cousin Julian? Yeah. So Julian lives on his phone, basically. He's, uh, what is it, Gen Z? I, I believe so. If he, I don't know what, I know that they're younger, but I don't know that. He's definitely a Gen Z. And even if he's not, he is. Yeah, and it's the Snapchat era. Like, I call them the Snapchat kids. The kids live on Snapchat and TikTok. And, uh, and we were, I, I actually bought a Rubik's Cube. It's so funny you brought up a Rubik's Cube. I was about to talk about that before you brought it into the frame. And uh, mentioned how my cousin Julian, the whole ride up to Vermont two days ago, taught himself how to basically solve a Rubik's Cube. That's why I just learned about daisies. You put, yeah. So he... I would have never thought uh, Juju would have done that. Julian devoted his life to it for the whole Vermont trip, and now he can solve a Rubik's Cube in like three minutes. Yeah, it's so much fun. Like we're, we're just getting our times down, and it's just it's a fun little thing to do. We play little games, uh, something like Rummy Cube that we showed you. Yeah. You know, like that's another game. It's Rummy Cube, Rubik's Cube. I don't know. There's a trend here, but it's, it's an interesting thing when you put down the internet, when you, you get away from the internet from, for social things, and you just get a little bit more, for lack of a better term, introverted. You just kind of do things on your own, and you explore your own mind, your own capabilities, like what frustrates you. Like, are you going to quit? Because with me, I was about to quit the Rubik's Cube. I was like, the fuck am I doing this for? This is so stupid. I was getting like stuck on parts. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you're just going to quit now. You ran into a little bit of, you ran into a little struggle. You're going to quit now. And then I was like, mm, I can't, I can't do that. I just chose to do this. And it's only been about 40 minutes. You can't just rush to the top. That helicopter ride to the top. You can't do it. I love how he had this conversation with himself and he like Dude. persevered. I've said more things to myself than I've said to any, anyone ever. Really? Yeah, I talk I, completely. I'm an introvert. At the end of the day, I'm an introvert, but I'm very interested in other people. But, you know, it's, I think I'm slightly spectrum, but it's okay. Agreed. There's nothing wrong with what you're saying. I talk to myself all the time. I tell myself exactly what you just said. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it's like the more you practice saying it to yourself, the more you hear how stupid it is, if it is stupid. And then you hear and go, that sounds really good, actually. That, that does make sense. That actually makes sense. Apply that. And then when I go to refer to it with either people or, you know, whatever I'm doing that next day or week or month, I refer to that conversation I had with myself and then I'm, I feel a little bit more secure in whatever I'm doing. I love your attitude with that, Frank, because you're not scared to uh, mention it. You have no fear about being weird or not cool. Like, I feel like a lot of people are, I guess, I guess I'd use the word scared to, uh, or uncomfortable to talk to themselves because it's like, that's weird. You know, that's not cool. I tell myself before the cold showers, I remember I used to tell myself like, you can do this alone. You're alone. You can do this. Like you've got this down. Ready, set, go. Boom. Hit the lever, you know? And then it's like cold shower for a minute. I click, I hit the clock before I do it too. And I would do it for a minute straight and I'd be like, it's over. You did it. Good job. And walk out. You know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. I think when you speak, when you speak like that though, it's, um, it's because you have so much confidence in who you are as a person. And then the knowledge you have, and not just the knowledge, but the experience we have, uh, that you could speak and you could, you could, you know, be confident and not in how weird, right? You said it's weird when you say stupid stuff, stuff like that, which I do all the time. I mean, the amount of times I talk about space, I even remember one time that I'll never forget, I was at, the, at your house alone with everyone. 
and someone said something about the speed of something and I was like oh did you know and I like throw in a space fact and Anthony turns to me he's like why does everything have to be space all the time I'm like dude I don't know like I just know these things but a lot of times when you speak no my favorite quote is uh I say favorite quote and I'm gonna forget it a lot of times when I speak and, and I'm speaking extremely cocky I'm not talking about myself I'm talking about the work so it's not that I'm being cocky and arrogant about myself. It's that I know what I've been through and how much work I put in and what, you know, all that backup. So that's what, that's what I'm being cocky in. Yeah. And cocky, I don't even think it's the right word. I don't even think it's worth that negative connotation. Like you're confident in what you're, you're expressing, what you're saying to people, you know, like if it's not of value, then it's fine. If it's not offensive, directly offensive, then who cares? It's just dead air. Then if it didn't hit, if it didn't land, then that's, that's you trying to gain traction. You know, you spun the tires a little bit, but at some point when you keep, you keep on the gas, you're going to gain traction and actually go faster. And then it's, you know, every single new thing is another dead start. And it depends on how much traction you gain on the next one. It's, it's really not a big deal. I mean, failure is awesome and like bombing a joke in front of somebody like trying to throw out an analogy and falling flat on your face like those are skills that you're practicing in real time to to i think it's this instagram era where everybody thinks that they're you know they have to put up this persona that they're awesome they get the right angle for lack of a better term on everything that they're doing in life like they need to have the nicest car they need to have the nicest clothes they need to look the best they need to be perceived as better than what they actually are and that's what induces anxiety you know like when you put yourself at a level nine on your social media or this image that you've created but you're really operating at a seven that two percent gap is what creates anxiety yeah. you know that that feeling of being inadequate is is what creates that anxiety it creates liars it creates deception it, it makes you uneasy with who you really are so when you you do want to throw out something that that is dear to your heart but you know that that's not part of your image you then feel like you can't say it or you feel like people are judging you they're ju you're judging yourself that's your own critic inside of you that knows that you're operating at a seven and you're not really that nine you know and that's i, I feel like it's just extremely important to to shed light on that because everybody suffers from anxiety a lot of more people than ever before why suicide so high you know everybody's so focused on being perfect everyone's so focused on being better than they actually are what do you think about that justin <laughs> i mean I, I agree full-heartedly and i was in that position remember along when i had the 30 31,000 followers i was 100 in that position where i wouldn't post how i really feel because it didn't vibe with my image on social media you know I was like 19 20 and my image on social media was what I wanted to be that nine but really in you know in reality what my life was if you knew me personally was maybe a seven and uh if it, it fucks with your head it 100% fucks with your head and that's why I gave up that account I deleted that account and just, I was like I just want a personal account friends family whoever else wants to follow me for anything I want to post whether it be science space some photo of my dog because my account before was all fitness frank loved it so much it was all shirtless pictures of me that's all it was Thirty-one thousand followers nothing but steel abs well, in, in all seriousness i think that conversation that you just brought up frank speaks to more people whether they like it or not than uh than that even follow me or than i that i know because i was just soaking in those words like seriously you're on the money. I, I was thinking of people that I know that are living that way and they're, 
they have anxiety and they're scared to show certain things because of that image they have on social media. I mean, so well said, seriously. Well, thank you. But it's, I, I suffered from it myself. That's, it's, I gotta be honest because if you don't fail like that, if you don't realize it, then you never, you could sit here and be like, ah, oh, theoretically that kind of makes sense. Like, no, it actually, I felt it. It actually happened. I lived it. And I don't think you're saying like, oh, a picture just to clarify you're not saying like it's a bad picture of somebody but it's like them scared to throw out an analogy because then that would go against their image because they had a it wasn't a good one you know like yeah. like I, look i could say there's a bunch of things that i'm a straight man right i'm not gay but if i'm in the gym and i'm there with my girlfriend we're working out like dude that guy's fucking ripped like look at his arms like look at that shit like i'm not gay but I could appreciate something, but I could say it out loud and not feel like that's, that's ridiculous. I'm not like, Oh, I want to go over there and suck his dick. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that I'm not being ridiculous like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm not scared to admit things that may sound ridiculous or may not be the greatest, you know, the most well said sentence. And maybe it, it's clunky or maybe it's chunky and it's, it's not as eloquent as I wish it was. Okay. You failed. Now what? Now you're, you're just going to work on that. You're going to just continue to sharpen that blade. I still have another, what, 70 years to live, hopefully. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get better. And then I want to look back and be like, yeah, I had to fuck up in order to know what, who I really am. And if, if you just continue following your, for lack of a better term, intuition, you know, like it's, it's, you feel like whatever's coming to your brain, just say it. Who cares? Like, if you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with the people around you, then nothing you could say will be offensive because people know what you mean. You know, you're not dancing around the reality trying to come up with this this uh, perfect word uh, uh, concoction. You know, you're just kind of being yourself and more people people like when you're yourself. It's inspiring. You know, yeah. even if you're not perfect, who the fuck cares? I'm not perfect. It won't be perfect ever. So that's, you know, I'll just throw that out there now. You know, clear. 100%. You know, yeah. but um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think more people need to hear that. I think more people need to understand that that's the world that we're in right now is a, it's, it's kind of a, it's a, a dick measuring contest amongst everybody where you just think that the bigger, the better, the, the more money, the better, the, the faster, the car, the better, but are you enjoying that? Or are you just doing that because you know that that's what people aspire to do or people look up to that and you want to be looked up to, you know? Yeah. And I, I see like what you're doing. You're not in a flashy. I mean, you're in a rapper. Me, but I'm not flashy. You're not. You're not at all. Like you have a sense of style. You do what you got to do. But I know behind you, you have this, these multi-million dollar assets that are going to, you know, mature and you're going to be in a very, very good place if you're not already. And I'm not, I don't want to talk about finances, but like it, it's true. And you don't show that you are you know, you go on vacations, you do all that stuff, like you're enjoying yourself. That's you're not, you're not putting this giant clickbait, like, look at my truck, look at my, look at my house, look at all this stuff, be a millionaire fast. Like but that's not important, that. you know, not doing that. And you can, you could, if you wanted to, and it wouldn't matter because you ultimately will be that. But if you're staying humble, it's just easy to live that life when you're humble. You know, again, you're, you're, st you're living within your means, not financially, but like, the way you you rate yourself as a person yeah, and financially yeah that too but i mean like that's clear that you are doing that but like the image on instagram to get people to adhere to what you're doing and kind of follow you in in your footsteps because i think what you're doing is super important 
I think more people need to be doing what you're doing, or at least nipping at some of that knowledge that you're spreading right now, because it's, it's universally applicable to everybody. It's everybody has money, everybody, not a lot of money, but people have it and they need to make more of it. And, you know, what you're spewing, what you're saying is just, it's a bunch of solid, real information that people could use. Yep, that I'm doing every day. The biggest issue is analysis paralysis, what I see in people, which I talk about all the time, that they're just scared. I run into that all the time. I'm a very deep thinker, as Justin knows, as you may know. I think all the time. I overthink things. But if you could think about something over and over again and you come up with the same the same answer, then that's that's the answer. Unless you're not being honest with yourself. You know, it, I make some impulsive decisions and then I go, oh, you stupid asshole. What'd you do? Why'd you do that? Like I, you know, I made some silly investments. I've lost a lot of money in them and, you know, continued to do it until I sort of broke even. And then I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I keep, I'm impulsive. I'm not cut out for this, but it's okay. I failed, but it's okay. I want to, I want to touch on one last subject before we, uh, before we call it. And that's, the health and wellness industry. And I think it has a little bit to do with what we were just talking about because all the feedback I hear from anybody in the health and wellness industry says that it's so fake. The social side is so fake. The people are so fake. Like there's always this, I guess, ideology of the fakeness of the health and wellness industry. My main question was going to be about, is it a good time to get into the health and wellness industry business? Uh, whether it be gyms or products or whatever it is, which you guys could touch on as well if you'd like. But I, since we're on the topic about, you know, that image and all of that, like, what do you guys think about that? That fakeness of the industry and why is it like that? I mean, it's it's totally fake. Um, it looks good on social media, right? One of the videos where you have a band and you're just, you know, your glutes popping out and you're pulling the band backwards like it looks cool it gets you clicks and sure the algorithm of social media is the more clicks the more popular the more popular the more money you can make kind of maybe like the immediate money but not like a long-term success um why is the fitness industry so fake on social media it just looks good and it's it's the reality of the fitness industry is like it's not boring but it's it's uh it's simple it's not complex it's move more, don't sit as much, you know, lift things. We were, we were evolutionary. We were built to move and lift and run and, and do all these activities, which, you know, throughout the years, you look back, it's just cut away, cut away, cut away. And I mean, especially this year, oh my God, it's like everything's cut. All mobility has been cut. We were built like that and now we don't have it. So like a real educational video of like how to move more that's boring on Instagram. That's not, you're not going to click a video of some guy just sitting here like this telling you, you know, get up from your desk, do a, do a 90, 90 stretch, get your hip, <laughs> get your hip aligned. That's, that's so boring. And, uh, you know, everyone wants to click on the butt pick, the booty pick. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I agree. I think what they've done in every industry really that, that has gained traction in social media, it's, it's a matter of like tapping into our evolutionary desire. And that is to be the chosen one, to be the sexy one, the, the stronger one, the faster one, the, the one who possesses the qualities and traits that we want in a mate. 
It's all running in the subconscious. So when you sit there online and you look at Instagram, you see this perfectly lit photo, slightly airbrushed. The abs are just popping out the, the veins and the striations and all this shit. It just, it's an image of optimal health. And just, it seems like that person has all of the qualities that you would ever want in a person. There are people who fall in love with other people or get obsessed with people just due to the physical image that they see on their, their screen. And what does that tell you about the, the consumer? It shows that we live in a very clickbaity, temporary, short acting society where the, you know, people don't want to spend a lot of time. They just want to enjoy the benefits of everything. So like you're staring at someone with this incredible physique, you want it, but you know, you're not going to get it with your current attitude and the way that you are. So you follow that person and it's inspiration, but really what it is, it's like, it's this weird battle that you have with yourself. Like I'm never going to get there, but that's perfect. That's so interesting to me because it's, I can't do that or I don't aspire to, I aspire to do that, but I don't actually do it or execute it, but I'll leave it there. So it can maybe inspire me a little bit, but that's all that these people are that are just posting their abs. And, you know, I, I was doing it with like backflips on these videos and doing all this shit to try to get you to come in. You would see, oh, wow, there's this guy who's also fit and he looks good, I guess. And he's, he's got all these skills and he must be more valuable because I wanted to attract people to my, to my show. You're just trying to attract people. You're, you're hijacking the little senses, the little dopamine senses in the brain. And I think that a lot of it is tailored towards that, but there are some good eggs. Like you can't just take the whole industry and just smack it, you know, smack it in the face and say it's all bad. It's not, but it's the consumers that drive the economy of what's being sent. If people didn't follow the person with shredded abs or the girl with the giant ass, like then that wouldn't sell. But you know, the the girl that does the flips all the time on Ooh. social media. What? Ooh. And to answer your question fully, um, when you said, what should people wanting to get into the fitness and health industry, um, what should they go towards right now? I've been hearing a lot that the at-home personal trainer, like you go to someone's house and train them, has been booming. Um, I guess mainly because people are scared to go to the gym or even in some states. I know the gyms aren't even open yet. So that's um, not so if you get really good at learning how to put someone through a workout with simple things like a barbell, a couple dumbbells or a kettlebell, basic things like that. And I, mean, I know Frank, you could attest to this, how you could do a full workout with a barbell, one barbell, some weights, you could, you could change an entire physique. Um, if you get good at that and start promoting that you're an at-home trainer, you go to people's houses. I've heard that is booming at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it's definitely important to to look at like how you can make a quick buck. That's really just a quick buck. I mean, you can only spend your time, like you have a finite amount of hours in the day, right? So social media can be kind of like that that flyer or business card for you to then get that client. But you really, again, you have a finite amount of time every day. So I think like in the fitness industry, if you're not going to be a trainer who works and breaks their back for eight hours a day, like that's hard to do, man. You'll make a lot of cash, but it's not secure. And if you get sick or if anything happens to you, you're not secure. You're, you have to pay for your own benefits. Like it's not a smart career move at all. Um, in, in my opinion, I think it's, it's so far from security, like at all, not, not like you have to live life in a bubble, but like, it's, it's very hard to live that life just like that. Right. So when you're talking business or getting into the industry, I think really we tried Justin and I tried, and I, I don't know what that Avenue is. I think, Right now, gaining trust is so hard because it's so diluted. That whole entire market is diluted. And you could tell people how to 
how to do a set of do a, a bench press or tell people show people how to do a squat but until you've you're able to hijack that that motivation center in their brain i don't really know what you could do in the fitness industry i think it's it's overcrowded but the information that's out there is so contradicting so you have these pockets of like these little uh echo chambers so like you have your keto people your vegan people and they both think that the other one is wrong right and they're they're very dogmatic in their approach there are the plenty of different outlets that you could go to that are objective like mind pump justin and i listen to um those that's a really good podcast to listen to but then they also have you know a nutrition section they also have uh, workouts that are really really good and constantly evolving you're listening to them and getting inspired like those are great outlets but like it's very hard to be successful in that industry if you're you're not really providing much value and that's it's difficult to do that you know unless you're doing what justin said like you're advertising yourself and then you're going at, to the person's home to train them it's it's not a great industry to get into if that's your case like you have to have something going on and then do that on the side otherwise it's very difficult to get into i don't know how you could capitalize on on fitness there's no equipment that i could think of maybe if you have this new revolutionary thing that like you know is this big but it's a full gym like it's hard to do it's very difficult to 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 jump in that space i think tech there's like a did you ever see that that at home fitness thing where it's like yeah. electronic weights so like a guy's laying down on a bench and then there's a cable and it's electronically resisted like that's new there's nothing like that so if you're a tech company you're kind of hijacking that that uh that niche which required physical weights of varying sizes and they're they're clunky and hard to store so that kind of took care of that issue the space issue um other than that i mean it's the same book over and over again you know that people are writing today like the fitness industry is it's clouded and it's full of that clickbait dopamine you know i wish i was them type of content i mean what i took from all of that was if somebody does want to get into it they're hard set on it find a pocket be very creative maybe tech or uh just be super specific on what you're doing and you'll have some opportunity yeah yeah i'm at, at least to be honest i don't want to be cynical but i don't think it's the industry to get into well you have, to, you, have to with times. you have to flow with the times of what people want you know yeah. right now people don't want to go out so you have to kind of transition to that and then cater to that area. And because it, it's a consumer-based market, you know, and typically not many consumers. How many clients can you have at once? 15 is a lot to carry at once. Yeah. You know, eight is a good amount. So you have to cater to what they want. Because if you're trying to promote, promote something about fitness and health, even if, if it's correct, if it doesn't click in their head and it doesn't cater to what they think they need, you're, they're not giving you any money. Yeah, exactly. That that's for that hour to hour trainer shit that we were doing. Like that's important. You know, I wanted to show people how to do, you know, kettlebell squats and, and like different things where they could actually do it safely and build real strength. But they were like, I'm not sore. Why am I not? So I'm not feeling sore. And that, that's what they thought is really supposed to happen is you're supposed to work out and get sore. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, that's not true. But Again, people have spewed so much bullshit on social media and these bodybuilding, you know, forums and all these different things that are showing people how to do certain things, but it's not necessarily true. And it's hard to gain traction in those, those areas because it's so diluted, that whole industry. Interesting. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage anyone to just get into it. I think if you're really into it, you have something that you really believe in. And if you have the wherewithal and you have the business savvy, you'll, you'll know what to do. 
but to try to figure it out right now, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anywhere with it. You know, you're not going to innovate just for the sake of innovation. You would have to had innovated and then say, holy shit, people need to know what this is. And whatever that is, if you had that mental structure where you, you did it first and then you say, this fucking works, this is the best thing ever. I want to market it. That'll work. But whatever that is, that's up to you. Well said. All right. Well, I love you guys. Thanks for hopping on the podcast, guys. I really appreciate it. And it was a great conversation. Like I said, I didn't even have to tap into my notes because we just have such good, genuine conversations every time we talk. And, uh, and I learned a lot. And you got me back in the cold showers, Frank. So I appreciate that. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I'm taking one tomorrow morning. So- I'm going to send you a text tomorrow morning and make sure you did it. I guess I'll I have to take one too. I'll take one. I'll text you guys. Justin? Justin's doesn't count because the water already like standard is 85 degrees. Oh yeah. From the pipe. Yeah. My shit is frosty, dude. Frosty. Same here. Justin, you're out of this. I'm still gonna do it. Yo, my nipples get so hard I could cut glass. Well, Pixar didn't happen. Well, on that note, it was a pleasure. All right, dude. Thank you so much for having me on. This was this ignited a new thing in me. I wanna do this again. Myself, maybe have you guys on mine. <laughs> Young Mind Podcast. This <laughs> guy <laughs> had to skip town. Uh, all right, guys. I'll talk to you later. All right, see you. Oh well. Now that that's done, I mean, my mind has exploded. Those guys are just so smart. They know so much information about so many things like they said they study all the time I genuinely love those people as friends as uh, educators and just as big thinkers I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast if you're listening this far the surprise was that I'm giving away a free pair of airpods to anybody listening this far in if you DM me right now and tell me you listened all the way to this point only one person is going to win the airpods by the way let me just clear that up but i want the first person that listens all the way to this point to dm me say you listened all the way to the end and that you're getting the surprise let's do a keyword like dog face keyword dog face that's it thanks for tuning in to this week's talk shop tuesday it's been a pleasure whatever platform you're listening on I want you to leave a review. If you can leave a review, write something nice, something hopefully that'll get other people to listen and want to be part of this talk shop community that we have going on. I've been posting talk shops since Talk Shop Tuesday a few years ago, that weekly uh, Talk Shop Tuesday on my Instagram, and now Talk Shop Podcast. I put a lot of work into this and I really hope that it it transmits to everybody behind on the other side of the camera or listening on the other side of the tape Please leave a review that will be helpful. Subscribe if you're on YouTube or wherever else you can subscribe. Drop a comment, just give some feedback. You know, like, let's keep uplifting each other and make this happen. And share, don't forget to share. Even if you learn one thing from this entire podcast, I just want you to share that little piece of information with whoever else you think it'll help. And seriously, Justin and Frank dropped some serious knowledge. They, they mentioned things that I've forgotten about and they you know, put it back in my mind like I'm gonna, do cold, I'm gonna start taking cold showers again because of those conversations we had. So share this if you wanna help somebody else and thanks for listening. Talk soon.